Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 334. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, in the Batcave, with my partner in crime, Charlie Carden. What's up? I'm sporting my new condom on my microphone tonight. It's not as disgusting as it sounds. Uh, yeah, but no- <laughs> you, you've upgraded your uh, Burger King drive-thru uh, up, up, uh, headset. Whopper! Remember that old Dane Cook routine is when he worked yes. at Burger King? Yes, my bro- My brother was a dick as a manager. He, he thought he was the king, yes. Uh, can I have Pickles. some <laughs> Yeah, first. Uh, where, oh, well. where, where, where do I go? You drive on the road that you're on. <laughs> Thank you, Kool-Aid man. Yes. Oh, my uh, Dane Cook, uh, wow. His comedy is probably not aged well. Uh, I believe it's fairly time sensitive, and the time was 2003. <laughs> Correct. When he was doing all those great movies with Jessica right. Alba and uh, oh, yes. <laughs> somebody else. Best of luck, Chuck, or good luck. I yeah, sure. Ago. It, yeah. Was, it, was not, it was not good. I, I, that seems to be a trend lately with movies we've watched, Charlie. Um, yeah, so uh, we're back. Uh, we're just having more fun. Uh, this week, though, uh, our big topic will be the Loki spoiler-filled review at the end for the whole season. So we'll talk about the end. Obviously, spoilers will carry through. Um, but before that point... We'd love it if you subscribed on YouTube to see more of our beautiful faces. Uh, we'd love it if we get 100 subs, we get a custom URL, which is easy to use. And also, um, just we're going to put something else more out about that as a special episode, but we have gone away from Podomatic. We're now completely on a new podcast feed. So everything's out there, solo feeds, group feeds, so you get everything you want. Uh, and we'd love it if you subscribe on iTunes and give us a review. So if you can do that, We'll be best friends forever. Be be subscribing. I yep. love it. So, and the other thing that I love, and I'm gonna uh, I freely admit that I did zero research, uh, but I was grabbed by this image. Is this week's comic? Uh, this is the Incredible Hulk, uh, issue number three thirty four from the sweltering summer of nineteen eighty seven. So this is now almost thirty five years gone by. Uh, it's a picture of the Gray Hulk. So this was the Peter David era, if I, or thereabouts. Not yet. Uh, no. Peter David was three episodes, three issues away from this. Oh, he picked up in the. Okay, gotcha. But it yeah. was it he, was the Gray, he, he, mix, he made Mister Fix It, which was an incarnation. Right. Yeah, I was thinking of Gray Hulk, and that was Peter David brought that in. But what do I know? Because I never read the Hulk. People always, you know, they see comic stuff and they just assume we Marvel people we read every single title. I don't know much about the Hulk at all. I I do know that the Hulk had a penchant for introducing weird villains. That's what I know. The UFOs. The UFOs and Zizzizzacks and just a lot of yeah. bizarro ones. But anyway, in this in this image, the Hulk is punching his fist through what looks like a goblin that is just looks like he's made out of algae or something. You know, so it's like this. You know, a picture tells a thousand words. I mean, let's Todd a comic book cover. Todd, what's what's your take on this? Assuming that you've not read it before, I I think I know what this one is though. Uh, I think that is he's in the realm of the nightmares, and I, I apologize. This was Peter David and Todd McFarlane. So I, interesting. Oh, okay, oh, is that a is is that a McFarlane cover though? No, I don't, I don't think so. Like oh, no, no. Yeah. But if I if I'm right uh, at this point, uh, I thought 
Hulk was in kind of like the nightmare realm uh, and kind of fighting some things, but I could be wrong. Could I don't be. know. It kind of looks like nightmare. I don't know. It's it's a nightmare for me because it's because it's because it's kind of a gross one. And my tag is that's going to leave a mark or Kark, which is Mark with the C, aka my co-host on Holocron Chronicles. <laughs> I don't think he likes that, Charlie. I really don't no? think he does. Are you sure? Should we ask him? Because it to- oh. sounds too too much like something else. So, um, yeah, you might want to revise that because he'll start calling you something you you get annoyed by because you love people when they call you by certain variations of Charlie. It's, it's, it's going to be like the good luck, Chuck. Are you trying to, to call you Chaz? Oh, it's so stylish, though. Though I certainly yes. do not want to end up like Scott Bayo. No, 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 not at all. That's, no, that's not me. not in charge of that situation. No, no. Um, yeah. So uh, if you want to check out Marvel Unlimited, to check out the Incredible Hulk three thirty four for a good time with the Gray Hulk at the old oh, time. Yes. And speaking of a good time uh, in the old, uh, let's just focus on the word old. Seems like it's time for us to transition over. To have a chat with our favorite news, senior news correspondent, uh, that's right, Madam Webb. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Yes, um, you've recovered from us having a new face on Secret Friends. Uh, you're gracious. You and Aaron are actually going to go on a date uh, to the Hobby Lobby and find patterns and make some uh, cozies or like I don't, uh, like toilet paper Aaron, and, and, I, and toasters, right? I think with Aaron, uh, my co-host, of course, on Code 47, it would be more like koozies for the beer. But you don't know. They have, multi- they have multiple applications. They, they can be Star Trek cats if you want them to be. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> That's, that is her saying. She does dig on that. I, I, I'd hear you. So, all right, what do we got? What do we got going on this week? It's a, it's a mixed bag as always. Uh, yeah, so we got five newer stories this week, thanks to Mar- Madam Webb. And, uh, you know, one of the first stories is we, we think we're over the slump of the box office because theaters are opening, big movies are coming out finally. And we're finding it's kind of a mixed bag because Black Widow opened last weekend with like $80 million plus dollars, uh, doing great. Uh, things are, are, are all, you know, all firing at all cylinders. And then we find out week two was a different story. It's the biggest drop for an MCU movie for week one to week two ever. Um, down to like 25 million, 24 million, somewhere in that range, I think. Drop of over 65%, which your average drop, and you know, because you, you know, Todd, you and I have been versed in, in studying the box office and mm-hmm. what is a, what does a single week drop look like? Like it may drop, you know, 40% or it may drop, you know, 30% from week one to week two. And then the, the drop just gets bigger because you don't really have that repeat business. But for a Marvel film to drop, between 65 and 70 percent uh from week one to week two is it's disastrous it's absolutely disastrous but when you stop and really consider the facts of this and this was a story i shared this morning or yesterday whatever it is um disney is really eating their own lunch on this one because they are their own competition for this film Mm -hmm. in a way yeah yeah Yeah, i mean definitely and and the way the way the theater distribution model works week one Marvel gets 90% or Disney gets 90% of the box office take theaters get 10%. Then every week it shifts into the theater's favor. Um, And that's why it's so important that movies stay in a theater longer for the theaters actually make more money towards it. Um, And so that's where 
the days of streaming and things going only for 45 days and then they go to streaming is scary for the for the theaters because they don't have the opportunity potentially to even keep a movie long enough where they actually recoup money on it. They're making right. money off the concessions, but if not as many people are going because they can go elsewhere, it's right. really a, a natural disaster waiting to happen. So we'll see how this goes. But yeah, I mean, and, and Disney has not released any additional information on the premiere access portion. Week one, it was 2 million people that spent $60 million total for that. I don't know, though, um, how much they saw the following week after that. They're also talking because right. the premiere access has actually allowed more piracy because people can watch it at home, record it, and put it out there for people to watch for free. Or, and quite honestly, with Disney Plus, more people can share access. So for 30 bucks, you, <laughs> yeah, for 30 bucks that you sit, you might be sharing that to 30, 40, 50 friends. So ultimately, that may not be. Disney long-term subscribers, you know, so I, this one's a difficult one. And I, and I worry that this might not be great for any, either people, because ultimately this movie is expected to final, you know, when it leaves the box office, the projections are about $200 million domestic, which is the same as Thor dark world. Right. So it's taken, it's taken a step back into the middle ages of MCU box office, but you know, the, the the question is is that is the is the lightning really out you know is is the toothpaste out of the tube can you not get it back yeah. in I mean if Disney doesn't do the premiere access for the next film or the next series of films or whatever it is is that going to force people to go see it at the box office Yeah you know I, I, and again it's going to be a business decision made by Disney are they going to yeah. like, oh, are, are we making more money if we're keeping it in pocket or are we making it more money by having this wide distribution blah 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 you know it's, it's tough. Hard. You, you know that I have personal ties with our local uh, theater mm-hmm. chain here in Michigan, the Celebration Cinemas. I have, you know, friends and, and associates that I have going back for quite some time. Um, and that, that that's just got to be devastating for them because, again, they don't have the choice. And I remember uh, having a conversation uh, with with my associate, Ron, who's since retired uh, from Celebration Cinema, him describing to me this this model of how Disney takes their dollars and, you know, they really do hold uh, the theaters hostage because what else are they going to do? Not release the biggest films in the world. I mean, even, yeah. even to get, even to get 10% of that, you know, 10% of something is better than 10% of nothing. Yeah. So that's, yeah, and, it's challenging. And I think there's opportunities here. You're a member of a movie pass for your local theater, which means you get to see more movies, which I, I understand why that's popular. And I expect that maybe to grow because they know they're not making a lot. of. It's like a gas station. Gas stations don't make a lot off the gas. They make a lot off what you buy in their store. They want to come inside. Um, so same thing there. So I, I could see them saying, we potentially may lose a little bit of out-of-pocket money from like our, what we'd make from the movies. But if people are coming and seeing more movies, potential to buy more soda, popcorn, food, go to a restaurant within the movie theater – is high. So I, I think that could be a change. And Charlie, quite honestly, I think an opportunity is really in live events getting streamed to the theater. Uh, Broadway productions that people can't see because they don't live in New York. Uh, right. Live and events, that, pay-per-view. That's uh, Fathom Events does those because mm-hmm. you'll you'll see those in trailers like, come see La Boheme, blah, 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 or this and that. And it's yeah. Just, Doctor Who not, special events. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, they did those uh, back when they were doing big... Um, Blu-ray HD releases of some of the, you know, big Star Trek The Next Generation stuff. Yeah. I went with a group of friends to see the best of both worlds, the Borg two-parter, you know, the one where, you know, Picard gets kidnapped and becomes a Borg. On the big, it was still in 4.3, but it was on uh-huh. a big screen. And, you know, and so that was, yeah. 
that was exciting. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, you've got to make things that you're like, or re-releases like, you know, come see the original Star Wars trilogy, blah, 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 or come see, you know, these Star Trek movies or these Lord of the Rings is back again. You know what I mean? So events that are going to be a draw that, yeah, oh yeah, I could watch it at home, but for your diehards that want to see it on the big screen, um, that's going to be the draw. So it, it will be, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. But again, once the, um, once, you know, Warner is not doing what they're doing with HBO Max, mm-hmm. which is dumping those same day, which we benefited. Yep. They kept me from having to go see Space Jam 2. <laughs> I believe I can fly away from the theater. Yeah. They didn't bring R. Kelly back, Charlie? How could that happen? <laughs> he was busy with other obligations, if you can. Ah, uh, yes, yes. He was booked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Book them, Dano. Yeah, so I mean, we know Disney, I think their last movie that's actually going to be part of this uh, experimentation with Premier Access is Jungle Cruise. After that, they are not committing to anything. They could change, though. It's not like they have to they have to do anything. And then HBO Max has said uh, this this experiment to do the, in theater uh, the day and date is only in 2021. So maybe it will change back. Maybe we'll see it. But I don't know if either Shang-Chi or Eternals will be a tale of the tape. It's really going to be Spider-Man, but Spider-Man was never going to be on premier access anyway. Right, because, because it's so, Sony. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and, they, and Sony doesn't have really a service like that to begin with. Um, and I think Disney, they're going to continue with their after six months, it comes right. to Disney plus, which I don't know if people really want to wait six months to get it for free. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It could yeah. be a stretch. So yeah. I don't, but back in the old days with HBO, they had to wait a year. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it was like, yeah, it, DVD, VOD, then finally would come to like HBO a year later. And then finally, right. like, you know, yeah. Right. And then it's just we don't live in that kind of society anymore. Everybody's no. like, now, now, now. Yes. So, Charlie, this is next story is kind of an interesting take. And this is going to be a very quick uh, uh, do we agree or do we not agree? Um, so, right now, sci fi put out their top. 25 scary sci-fi movies ever made from aliens to invisible man ranked. So very quickly, we're just going to go through this because this is kind of a preview to our Shocktoberfest, which happens in October. But this is kind of like that. It's kind of like when you have Christmas in July. Well, this is Halloween in July for us, but very quickly, I want to go through this list. And if there's anything you see here, like we should watch that in Shocktober, it gives us a mental note. So we'll go through this and see if you agree or disagree. Um, so I'm going to start at the top, Charlie, number 25 possessor. Came out in 2022, 2020. David Cronenberg's son made this. I heard it's gross. I wouldn't agree. Never heard of it, so I can't. Yeah. So yeah, I can't uh, agree. Number twenty four. This looks like Guy Pierce in this picture. The Hidden, uh, low budget sci fi uh, movie with Kyle MacLachlan. Oh wow! I really? Know, I, I, I'd, I'd give it a crack. Is it, and is number twenty? Is that Nicolas Cage? Yeah. So I mean, I've not seen The Hidden, but that might be an add on, Charlie. Right. All right. What about number what, what about what about number twenty three? Is that Nicolas Cage? Looks like him. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, Color out of space. Richard Stanley made this movie. Um, oh, it does star Nicolas Cage as Nathan Gardner. Oh boy, uh, battling a mutant organism from space. Pass. All right, twenty two. Prometheus. Seen it? No, it's, it's not scary. It's a long time. Yeah, it's not. It's, scary. it's not scary. Slither is Slither, which is twenty one, is kind of gross. Um, but I, I mean, I know that you love it. Uh, I don't know. It's what you it's think. yeah, it's more gross and cringeworthy than really scary. Scary. It's up there, kind of like the goofy kind of take of an eighties movie. So I, I don't know if it's scary, but I guess it could if you're scared of gross things. 
I guess. Pitch Black is number 20. It came out in 2000 with Vin Diesel. I would just chuckle my way through it, so I don't I don't really see how I could find it scary. It's, yeah, it's not great. I wouldn't say it's scary either. It's more like a thriller than scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, ni- 19 is Ultra William Hurt uh, doing experiments to cause himself to genetically regress into a trippy, nightmarish ways. That doesn't sound scary. I mean, it could be like one of those body horror things, maybe, where he's regressing and turning into like a, a micro, you know, uh, an organism, like a uh-huh. amoeba, maybe. Could be. I don't know. Uh, Cloverfield is number eighteen. I, there, there are parts of that that are kind of, kind of scary, and you know, I never saw it. No, then you should watch it. I, I would watch the, it. The scary part it. is because there, there's a lot of things in the dark. And you don't know what you're with. Their, it's right. kind of like uh, you don't know what you're facing, right? right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Sea Fever from 2019 is a spin on. The thing crossed with Jaws. Uh, oh, okay. ne- I don't never never heard of it. So uh, I'm I'm gonna have to say maybe not so much. Um, thrillers. Those are popular in 2021. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which uh, is number 16. I have seen this one. I didn't think it was particularly scary. I think John Goodman was the villain. Uh, and, and he kind of wasn't. Kind of wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, no, he was. I, he told you saw it, didn't you? I did, I mean, but it, it was kind of like people thought he was lying, though. That was the whole thing. Is it really real? And it's like actually, it is real, real. But he's still a creepo, so it was kind of a mixed really, bag. But really, really, really real. Um, it, was, I, it was a psychological thriller. Yeah, right. I mean, it was. It was like, what the hell's going on? So I was impressed. But yeah, not real scared. I did not make it all the way through scanners, I don't think. Or maybe I've just seen this clip where the guy's head blows up. Uh, came out in 81. This was David Cronenberg. Do you know David Cronenberg has a recurring role on Star Trek Discovery? Now? Yes. Yes. He's, he's, one, the, of the, he's uh, one of the holograms. Yeah. He's yes. One of the yes. Starfleet holograms. I, I, think is he, that I thought he was a real person and he deal, he uses holograms. No, he's like a doctor, right? Yeah. But the other doctor, the guy in white who wears a bow tie, he's a hologram. You know what? We just watched it. For code forty seven, and I don't remember if he was real or not. I'll have yep. to do something. No, he's a real guy. He's a real guy. He he used yeah. that hologram that would be the lie detector for. Uh, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Look at yeah. you, better uh, scanners. Than... I've got that movie, and I I want to watch it. I never have, but yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be really crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know what? I would I would take that on and and watch okay. that. Um, but uh, us from twenty nineteen, scary. Holy as hell. crap! Very scary. Oh I God. agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, Happy Death Day is number thirteen. Eh, I need to see it. I need to see little, it. It's it, it's a little, uh, and the sequel is is goes in a totally ridiculous direction. Um, it's Groundhog's Day, right? Just with somebody yeah, dying every day. With, yeah, with, with with a pretty girl. Um, Attack the Block. We just saw this one. It okay. Taught me to, it taught me to say the word bruv instead of bro. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll give it that because I say that all the time. Yeah, no, it's uh, John Boyega. Uh, pre- before his life was ruined by Star Wars. Um, yeah, I thought it was, and again, it's in the dark. There's a lot of mm-hmm. shit jumping around. So yeah, absolutely. It's like Goonies. It's a lot like Goonies, or or maybe Kids versus Aliens is the best way to put it. Kids first. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Number in 11, the UK. Number eleven is Predator, and yes, I will tell you, I was ele- I was eleven years old when this came out. Scary as shit. To an eleven, I mean, there are skin for yeah, things, yeah. There's exploding, you know, limbs and and spinal cords being torn out. Definitely scary stuff. And Jesse Ventura. Yeah, he's scary I enough. Got, I ain't got time to bleed. You're I'm going to be governor of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Arnie, governor of California. Uh, yeah. Number ten. Number ten. Absolutely sci-fi horror. Yes. Event Horizon from '97. Yikes! Ooh. That was the era of Sam Neill. For some reason, he got to be in all these freaky 
horror films in the mouth of madness was one of them i believe another one was called um lord of illusions i think he was in lord of illusions but it was no, like that, just no that was uh Bacula. okay yeah. but yeah that era of like let's just put people in these really horrific like almost cthulhu-esque era and this one was in space <laughs> like a space right. horror film there hasn't been like a really scary space film since probably aliens and this one kind of picked yeah. up that ball and ran with it yeah Exactly. So, Todd, Quiet Place, did you get around to watching the one-two Yes, Yes, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I loved it. You, and yeah, it was no, spooky. Yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah, I would say it definitely has. It's the jump scare, uh, particularly because the one little the little girl is deaf. So, you know, oh, yeah. she'll be moving and she doesn't see it. So, yeah, that's definitely scary. So, uh, Annihilation, we saw, I think we saw this one. Yeah, we did saw you? it in the theaters. Cause, yeah, because it's, uh, it's uh, Natalie Portman and then Poe Dameron. So it's two Star Wars people. Um, didn't really, blow I heard me it was away. weird. I heard it was very yeah, weird. Didn't, didn't really blow me away, but what did blow me away, uh, quite literally was the Terminator, which came out when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. low, low budget. This was James Cameron's, uh, springboard, uh, to doing aliens and then to just becoming a superstar, yeah. but yeah, low budget, um, killer robot that looks like a person movie. So yeah, top shelf, love it all the time. Oh my God. I scrolled past down to the next one, which we watched a couple of years ago. And yes, we did. Donald, Sutherland, Donald Sutherland here looks like uh, Kate Blanchett looking like Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh, I thought that was uh, that was Jeff Goldblum actually in the the, the YouTube clip. Looking like Jeff Goldblum. Look at that. Yes. So, no, yeah, I thought that I thought that movie was crazy scary. I'm totally down. very well done too, and it had a lot yeah. of iconic scenes. They're like, I don't know what that's from, but right. now I do now. Exactly. So the Invisible Man. This was with uh, the spectacular Elizabeth Moss. Uh, more jump scary stuff. Not didn't really. Yeah, I just I didn't think it was super well made. It felt like one of those Julia Roberts. What was that one Julia Roberts movie where she she oh, sleeping, sleeping, moves away? sleeping with the enemy? Sleeping with the enemy. Where she is. Was it that? I don't. Know. It was. Well, yeah, she left and and she yeah. tried to escape her husband who finally tracked her down. Yep. Is exactly yeah, like that, except the guy wears a bodysuit and is invisible. Sorry, spoilers. Right. Well, well, it's called The Invisible Man, so if you didn't That's been it, one of the last movies that I saw before the pandemic started. Oh, you know what? You're right, too. That was right before we had to you know, cut off our yeah. VIP. So I watched this movie last week. I've, I've seen it, and it's funny. We were talking with, uh, with John, John Sierra, but he's never mm-hmm. seen this movie. He says, oh, I have no desire, but this is a, a family classic. Aliens is, uh, and again, I just referenced family it. Family classic. It makes it sound like it's fun for the whole family, Charlie. No, it's, fu- it's fun for my family. For my oh, family yes. Going back to, yes. I, was ten, I was 10 when this came out. But yeah, Aliens uh, was J- uh, James Cameron's real big leap into, mm-hmm. you know, high-end, high-budget. Uh, but yeah, sci-fi horror. And yeah, just a lot of like the damn aliens coming out of the pipes and all this stuff. And they can't, you can't kill them. And it was just, it was absolutely crazy. So great flick. Yeah, it was such a such a a change from an individual alien that it was almost like a whodunit or trying to figure out who the killer is or uh, survival. This was like an all war film, and right. you were just being inundated. So it was such a weird twist. And then aliens have since then kind of fallen off where they wanted yeah, to go and just got it was it's weird. one of those franchises. Just like Terminator has just been, you know, you're beating the dead horse. You're still trying to find a couple of extra bucks. So, but one yeah. that really hasn't been, even though it had a very lackluster sequel uh, is number three, the fly from 1986. Again, David Cronenberg. Yes. This, this is a movie. I had to leave the room when it was planned. When I was a kid, like I'd leave the room and like, I remember once my brother was watching, I had to leave the room and I started doing my homework. That's how like <laughs> I needed to find any other thing to do. This <laughs> It'll, say is, it's it'll make you do your homework. 
it's on the tagline. Yeah, so you want to do homework. (laughs) You're going to be doing math because of this. Yeah, so yeah, Jeff Goldblum uh, unfortunately turns himself into a human fly. Practical effects, body parts falling off. It's it's jacked. Uh, Yeah, yeah. If you can't digest your food, kids, this will show you how. (laughs) Don't do it. But uh, back to number two. Now, I uh, I haven't watched this one in a while. I don't hold it as high in high regard as the sequel, which is rare. It's kind of like with Star Wars. I feel that Empire is better than A New Hope. I feel that Aliens is better than Alien, though, again, mm-hmm. as a thriller, as a like, what the hell's going on? Definitely right up there. Um, with because they just they just can't kill the damn thing. They're on this giant ship. There's only well, they don't even know what it is. They don't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, it's so, totally yeah. Totally weird. Yeah. Uh, Ridley Scott really, I don't know what Ridley Scott did before this, but I mean, really took horror in a way that was considered highbrow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in space, something completely really had not done, but done before. So yeah, you just right. see this, this mix of like different creators that took a franchise. Like that's so bizarre that you got Ridley Scott walked away from it, but now Ridley Scott's sense is like, I'm just going to kill everybody with aliens constantly. Right. I don't know why. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, number one is has absolutely earned its spot. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. Um, holy cow, the effects in this thing are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so Stan Winston was involved with that? Yeah, but I just I just feel yeah. it really stands up, but it's just very oh, yeah. visceral. Um, and yeah, and then you're left at the end of not knowing if the last two guys make it, though you're pretty sure yeah. that they don't. So yeah, yeah. or yeah. I didn't like, realize yeah. this, the, uh, the, the soundtrack... Neo Morricone, if you know who that is, he did all of the soundtracks for like the Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. You know, you know those type of things. He did that, so it's very cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then uh, since then, we've had a remake of The Thing, right. and then beyond that, we've had some video game. But really, it kind of stands alone. John Carpenter, man, he was a master of the late seventies, early eighties. And then he made Escape from L.A. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 and Ghost of Mars. <laughs> Move it, which, which I believe we talked about at length on this program. Uh, well, we saw it last year, Charlie. Come on. Yes, yes we did. Moving on, new story. Uh, WandaVision's Matt Shakeman beaming up to direct new Star Trek movie. Now, we did talk about this on Code, which was just out the other day, Code 47, our other podcast. Um, but I'm but sure yeah. there's lots of swearing about J.J. Abrams, though. Uh, WandaVision director, executive producer Matt Shakeman is heading to the uh, from the MCU to the Star Trek universe. Uh, details are scant, which for me is a good thing because the film doesn't have a title and Abrams is involved, which really scares me because it could steer us back in the direction of that little side pocket universe of Star Trek he created. Um, what's interesting to me is that uh, even though there was a production that was announced uh, back around the beginning of April, uh, this is a second movie production that is looking to come out uh, the, the year after. Uh, so 2022 for the, and I'm drawing a blank on the name of the creator who's handling Noah Hawley. No, no, not him. He's, he, he's, it, his name has been kicked about. It says was looking, but he's gotten the pause, but what is her name? Tarantino. Thank God. No. I'm drawing a blank on her name, but it was uh, it was a, a a creator was to great regard, and of course Star Trek is having this great renaissance on television, so that's exciting. I love Wandavision. This guy did great things. Just keep it away from the Kelvin universe. Let it let it stay dead. I've got to imagine it's dead. 
but I am curious to yeah I mean I'm just curious to see considering Star Trek is doing so many different things now and they're right. not they're touching every like medium they're across the board hitting right. comedy they're in the future they're in the past alternate timelines uh, just having a good time with it and I'm just curious what a Star Trek movie means these days I really yeah, don't. I just, you know, I mean, th there's the thrill of seeing something on the big screen, but again, I want to see something that's meaningful. Um, and it, you know, from the perspective of someone who's <clears throat> a diehard fan who really knows every kind of corner of things uh, related to Star Trek, I don't. You're right. I don't know what it's going to bring to the table. That's what I'm afraid. Um, of. What? Yeah, I was going to say even. What? Well, even back in the day, it meant production values, right? The Star Trek movies always had higher production values than typically an episode of Star Trek. These days, though, to look at Discovery and Picard, they don't look like they're cheap. And they are spending a lot of money on those. They've got the full force of Paramount uh, behind right. them. And I'm like, so it can only mean that maybe it's something that requires a two-hour two hour run length, you know? Mm -hmm. that requires maybe a different focus on Star Trek. Um, I mean, yeah. now the only thing I could think of trying else might be cool is it's maybe bringing together the next generation, deep space nine Voyager, maybe those casts in a legacy project, maybe that could do something unique and, and, and appease a lot of fans, but I don't know. I mean, maybe, but you're starting to see that trickle into Picard, at least, in bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. But again, those so many of those casts have gone their separate ways, and then you got Avery Brooks is nuts, and they just, I just don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, you're right. If a focus of that, you know, what you can see in the movies is these other characters coming back, and it really could be anything or something that ties back into a television program so that it's like, uh, you know, here's the season finale of Discovery of season blank, see the conclusion this summer on the big screen. And that's the only way. Uh, uh, that's tough to bring in new audiences, though. So if, if you think about that's why a movie is really supposed to be thing that gets in a broader audience. But yeah, um, by yeah. finding a way to make it more accessible. So I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. I, I just know that, you know, tipping back in with the, the Kelvin universe and doing all the predictable things. And I just I just don't want to see it. I'll see no, it, but no. I don't want to see it. No, I, I do think, though, a movie does open the doorway to a broader audience because it's not something... And Star Trek right now, I feel, is very... It's in touch with the lore. Mm -hmm. Very much so. That doesn't always work for people that have not been traditional Star Wars Star Trek fans. Sometimes Star a little... Fans. Exactly, either or. Um, but So maybe that's where we're going to say, you know what, we need to get more people into the franchise, and maybe this is a way to do it, but Could doesn't be. piss off the standard fan base. Right. Maybe. Right. So, you know what? All will be foretold. All right. Moving on. Still. Yeah. In my the script world. hasn't been approved yet, Joe. Charlie. What'd you say? Once, What'd my, you once, once my script gets approved, then I'll talk more about it. Oh, all right. Well, yes. All things must be kept under wraps. Well, this next one is all about you. Ah, uh, yes. Comic-Con at home. So we essentially are not getting a real in-person San Diego Comic-Con yet. Uh, apparently that will there is going to they're going to try something in November of this year in person. I don't know if that's going to work or if they're going to continue with that. I think next year will be the real proof of cons coming back. Um, but in this instance, we are getting an online free to participate Comic Con, and uh, quite honestly, it's going to happen. Um, looking at the dates, 
so I can get it. It's July 21st and 22nd. Um, 21 uh, oh, wait. 20, that, that's just a couple days from now. So Sorry. So, so, okay. Well, okay. Here we go. Uh, sorry. Unlike last year, Comic-Con will only run for three days from July 23rd to 25th. Uh, okay. That's a Friday through a Sunday um, and instead of the usual four. Um, and it is going to basically, how do you attend? You just go to the YouTube page and watch. Okay. That That's all it is. Works, that works for me in perpetuity throughout the universe. Because again, um, if there's programming to be seen, that's that's how most of us are going to see it anyway. So and, well, otherwise, and, and, tradi- and traditionally we haven't been able to because they didn't really have a great way to share the panels without that was just horrible to everybody unless you were there. Right. So this is a way. And, and but to be honest, what's coming to the show is actually really interesting and i think there's something for everybody i looked at it and i actually shared some of the panels with my wife and she's like that's pretty cool because it's reaching out and doing more things so i'll just run through it really quickly sci-fi is going to do day of the dead and legacy of chucky panels uh there's going to be a walking dead creep show doctor who panels uh which you'll be able to watch uh with those type of things uh netflix is doing uh master of the universe panel a fear street panel a lucifer panel an army of thieves panel Paramount Plus is doing a panel on Star Trek Prodigy and Star Trek Lower Deck Season 2. DC Comics will have Batman Fear State, DC Horror, Superman, Dark Knight's Death Metal, the soundtrack, and Wonder Woman Across the Multiverse. Amazon Prime will have The Wheel of Time, Evangelion, Leverage Redemption, and SOZ, Soldiers or Zombies. Adult Swim will be there with some panels. Cartoon Network will Cartoon Network will be there with some of their uh, shows and having panels. Nickelodeon will be there with some content there. Snack Eyes, will, Snack Eyes, Snack mm, Eyes. I've got I've got both fingers in my eyes. Uh, all I can see is snacks. Uh, Snake Eyes will have a panel. Star Tre- Star Wars: The High Republic will have a panel. Charlie, Batman: The Long Halloween Part Two, the animated. Uh, uh, collection will have a uh also have a panel um and then they'll have you know they'll have some cosplay like virtual cosplay stuff uh they'll have creators talking about you know just authors writers uh just fans also having panels so this to me is really exciting and there's something for everybody so i think this is cool it's free and it gets people excited about this stuff is something to get you know get really invested in where normally if you had to go to California and luck, good luck getting a, a ticket and you know flying out to California, San Diego. So I like what right. they're doing. I'm not sure about the Thanksgiving thing. I still think that's a hard sell to tell people, hey, you've been away from your families for two years. Why don't you go to San Diego? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I see it. I see it as being. I see it as being a huge win. Absolutely, yeah. So, so check it out. It's this weekend, folks. Uh, this will be out right when it's happening. So, uh, check it out on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Very good. All right. Well, up next we have uh, your friend and mine, D. Wayne Johnson, uh, talking about Black Adam wrapping up a true honor. It's been a true honor. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, I, I love Shazam. Uh, Black Adam is the kind of the flip side of Shazam, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know a ton about the character, Todd. Is that pretty much how you would break it down? Yeah, Black Adam is similar to like a Doctor Doom where he's essentially super-powered, but he's also the leader of like his own country called Kondok. Yeah, so he's like a despot, just like Doctor Doom was with Latveria. So it's like very much, very different, uh, very much... uh, He was the one in Shazam, Charlie, they spoke to in the movie that he was the one that abused the powers. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And yes. even though this is a spinoff, it doesn't appear that any of the cast is uh, shared with um, 
shared with Shazam. So it's not correct. It's not connected in that fast. Could be totally independent. I think it'll eventually they'll meet, but this is kind of a way to just focus on a different area of this. And this is really going to focus on the justice society of America too, because he has a close tie to the justice Society of America, especially Hawkman, which is just a great series. Jeff Johns wrote that series and it was so good. So, um, but yeah, he, he does good stuff. Yeah. So looking like this has been pushed back several times. So now, we're going to see it basically this time next year, July of 2022. I like it. I've become kind of a uh, kind, kind of a pocket fan of The Rock, kind of the same way I always was of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, end up seeing his movies. None of them are fantastic, but he's I, I like him. And I'm not a wrestling guy, but I like him. I'm entertained by him. I think that I think that he's fun. And seeing him, this is his first superheroish role. Am I? Remember correctly, it is. Not, I mean, not, not counting the the fat, the fast, fast and furious, or the Scorpion King. <laughs> oh God! Well, that that yeah. that wasn't that wasn't him. That wasn't anything. It did it, it it did not exist. It was weird CGI back in the bad days of CGI. That's yeah. so rough. Yeah, yeah. So this is cool. I mean, it's gonna have this movie's gonna have uh, No Centino, Eldis Hodge, Sarah Shahai. Quintessa Swindell, which is an awesome name, and Pierce Brosnan. So, uh, Pierce Brosnan is going to be uh, Doctor Fate. So, I cannot wait to see. I know. A basically, he is an anti-hero in a way, and we haven't really seen that except for Deadpool. You know, right? I like that. Cool. I'm totally fired up. This will be fun. So, well, cool. Well, that takes us, wraps us up out of the news. Uh, so, it seems like we got to uh, buzz us up an Uber and get us on over to the Geek Easy to talk about. What's cracking? So let's make it happen. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy. The cover band's playing. Drinks are poured and masks are off because we have been vaccinated, folks. It's time to get our groove in. Cannot wait to have all the great cover bands coming back to the Geek Easy. It's going to be a fantastic year. I cannot wait to hear uh, uh, Van Weezer. I can't wait to hear... um, uh, let's see, Counting Cross, and let's uh, see, who's another good one? Blink 163. There we go. My favorite yeah. cover bands. <laughs> yes, uh, there we go. We're getting ready to get our nerd on, folks, and for me, uh, a couple of shows. And this show, first show, Surreal Estate on Sci-Fi. My wife has been so excited about this show that we're like, okay, how are we going to watch this? So it's on Sci-Fi. Very easy. Sci-fi puts all its shows on their app. There's just ads, which is oh, perfect. So, so it's like the it's like the CW, which is how we watch uh, the Lois and Superman, which we just did today. We caught up. Yeah, I don't know how long they leave them though. Like I don't know if it's like they're there for like right. two or three weeks and they go, or if there's like a certain amount of episodes they leave. But we're all on this. They released the first and second episode, which was nice. Just has ads. The ads aren't too bad. So I'll I'll give them credit that it really. Made it easy to watch. We enjoyed it quite a bit. So this, the pitch for Surreal Estate is it's got two people from Schitt's Creek in it, which I just think is hilarious. So Schitt's Creek, show we all love. I, I did not realize for the longest time that Dan Levy, we know his son's in the show. I didn't realize his daughter was in the show. Sarah Levy was Twyla, the, the runner of the cafe. Did not know that. So she is in the show. Um, now, along with that is the guy that, the guy that dated Twyla also dated uh, one of the other girls was um, Chris Elliott's son. He was the very handsome man with a beard in Schitt's Creek. Well, he's in the show too. He's basically the lead. And so is uh, uh, Sarah Levy and he shaved his beard. So, but he's still very handsome. 
And the concept of the show very quickly is this is a real estate agency that sells the houses they can't sell because they have paranormal issues. They're, they have just things are going on that not does not allow them to be sold because essentially they're killing off the residents. Bad things are happening. Something bad happened there. And that's the premise of the show. Normally it'd be like, is this going to be a good sci-fi show or a bad sci-fi show? So far, this feels like a very good sci-fi show, which I'll give them credit. It's not like high end, but the writing is good. The plot is pretty monster of the week so far, but we know there's overarching storylines with uh, people's past. And the um, cast is really good. I really enjoy them. It's fun. So um, the first two episodes really is establishing what the show's about, but it, it picks up pretty quick and it doesn't overwhelm you with like lore and things like that, but it does let you know kind of how each player will play, um, how they'll interact and kind of the, just the effect of uh, what they're going for, the rules of the universe, things like that. Very easy to get into 45 minute episodes long, very fun, very procedural at this point, very monster of the week. See if they make it any different. I will recommend it. If you say, yeah, like I said, I, I, that was news to me about the app. So interesting. Yes, yeah, like with that show Resident, e- Resident Alien that Alan Tudyk's on, it's there as well. So you can watch it there. That's a great show, Charlie. I'd that, highly recommend that, that show to you. That I would, just because I enjoy him, I, I, I would like to check oh, that out. Oh, it's fantastic. And he's so good in that. So yeah, Surreal Estate, two episodes are out now. Next episode comes out Friday. It's a weekly release. So for some reason, they launched two right away so why not enjoy guys uh next charlie this is an interesting one wellington paranormal this is a show that is produced and kind of in the same universe as what we do in the shadows so you think about the vampire the comedy this is about the police department in wellington new zealand oh my god and it's essentially about two cops who are partners they call they says we're like Molly, Mulder and Scully just and we have very similar sexual tension and the woman's kind of a short blonde woman who might be gay and the guy's kind of geeky so it's like it's just a lot of weird like goofy weird humor uh the chief uh is kind of leads up the secret department of the police department that investigates the paranormal and it's just goofy it's just like what we do in the shadows um it's a little lower budget than that show um, it is made in New Zealand and everybody is very new. It's like, Oh, well, I mean, are you Australian or New Zealand? We'll find out, but it's fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Every episode's like 23 episodes, 23 minutes long. It's on the CW now, but it's coming to HBO max. Oh, oh, so okay. you can watch well, it either way. Yeah. I was going to say once it's at HBO max and you're commercial free. So that's kind of nice. Absolutely. Um, and it's just well, mon- cool. it, yeah, monster of the week. There might be some, we only watched one so far. First one was about basically, kind of like a possessed person, kind of like the exorcist type of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to hunt down this person who's possessed. And it's just goofy. I mean, yeah. lots of vomiting, <laughs> lots of things getting possessed. Um, and just, yeah. P- possessed vomiting. Isn't that delightful? I'm, well, I'm amazed that they can survive the uh, supernatural because they're just kind of incompetent too. Oh my yeah. gosh. It, it is. It's the keystone cops of the paranormal. Absolutely. Uh, so me taking it over, we had talked about this, I believe in the last episode, but the, the fear street over on Netflix. Now these were based off of the novel series from RL Stein. And I think mm-hmm. we were watching, watching that. I don't think April had figured that out and I really wasn't aware, but at the end of it, there's like a super obvious reference to it that you're like, Oh, okay that's it but everybody seemed to know that but us but anyway uh three three telefilms as it were so they're you know 
you know, feature length, so over 90 minutes. But the first one was based in 1994, the shady side and the Sunnydale or whatever. And um, so you're delving a little bit deeper into this in the 1978 one. There's a there's a summer camp uh, and it's a it's total Slasherville. It's um, Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just it continues to expand upon the mythos. Uh, you meet the uh, the sheriff character that you meet in 1994. You see him as a young man in the 1978 one. Uh, you see, uh, you know, at the end of the 94 one, you meet the character played by uh, I was going to say Jillian Anderson, who is Jillian J- Jillian Jacobs from Community. Yes, Community. Yeah, at first I didn't realize that. I'm like, oh, it's her. Yeah. Exactly. Britta. So it's Britta. She's had a rough life. <laughs> she's had a rough life. But yeah, yeah, there's a little, there's a little, she's like, oh, my sister got killed that day in 1978. And it's a big, uh, it, it's a big, Todd, you've seen it or you haven't seen it? I saw 78. Haven't, I've started 1666. Gotcha. So anyway, yeah, in, in 78, yeah, there's a big, there's a big whoopsie at the end that you're like, what? How did they do that? So, um, but yeah, so the, the whole purpose is, is that they're kind of, uh, you know, it's, they're kind of playing it backwards. Uh, and once you get to 66, uh, you know, it's it's about two hours. Not 1966. Not 19. It's not. Yeah, it's not Batman with the with the bomb. No, 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 Back to Charlie's favorite era of smelly people, as he would say. Yeah, exactly. Everybody stinks, so nobody stinks. You don't know how anybody's having sex, um, but still, somehow it happens. Uh, but yeah, so this takes it back to your Salem witch trials era. So you know, now Shady Dale, Sunny Dale is a crappy little you know scuzzy village, and there's devilry going on, but. What's interesting about 1666 is that it's an hour of that time period, and then it jumps back to 1994. And I it thought they might do that. It finishes the story. So not going to say another word about it. Was very satisfied with the ending, uh, how they pulled all the threads together. I certainly didn't necessarily know the villain was who they who it turned out to be, so I thought that uh, was okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, Todd, go, go watch it, and then we'll talk about it. I definitely will. And I was going to watch it with the wife because, uh, but the gore is what really turns her off. And this oh, series gotcha. is hardcore yeah. gory. Well, yeah. Oh my you God. Got, you got axes being buried into heads and people's heads being put through a meat slicer. You, you, you uh, can't, you can't really get away from that. Uh, yeah. And I did love the ending of 78 and where it took you. I'm like, I really, and I like the fact that in what, of what I've saw of 6066 is they're reusing a lot of the actors, which is fun too. Yeah, it's very like yeah. American Horror Story. Yeah, because yeah, you've got the actor who's you know our, our heroine in the in the the first segment that you obviously she's seen in the framing second the se- segments of seventy eight, mm-hmm. and then she's the main character in sixty six. Then obviously you jump forward back into. 94 yeah. where she finishes the story so not another thing to be said about it go watch it it's it's excellent but I, I someone mentioned though that they think this may be netflix experimenting with weekly releases Ooh, and, and it Which, was and, and, and again feature length releases so it wasn't absolutely a, you know 22 minute or uh you know 43 minute this is the surprise of the summer though I, i'm so glad they did so. this I yeah. think so. And it's funny because that really dovetails into the other thing that I'm going to talk about, which is this was horror on the small screen. We went to go see a horror on the big screen because, of course, April and I, we love going to the movies. We have the VIP pass through our local theater chain, which means we can go see three movies a week. And it's, you know, it's, it's paid for for 20 bucks a month, each of 40 bucks a month total. Uh, we go and we have a refillable popcorn bucket and you spend five dollars on a soda and the five dollars on the sodas. That's your whole expense day of so we went to go there's just not a lot back at the theaters because things are just kind of coming back slowly and some things obviously are also on hbo max or they're on uh they're on disney plus like black widow so um the only thing that we really had to choose 
was the sequel to the movie Escape Room, which I'm assuming came out a year or two ago. We've not seen sure. it. I haven't we've, seen it either. We've not seen it, but absolutely everything in the first film was was recapped in a, in a two-minute roll-up at the beginning. Okay. Uh, the only the only actor I recognized was Deborah Ann Wool, who was uh, Karen on Netflix's Daredevil. It's the only face I recognized, and it was just a bunch of know nothings uh, oh. who got sucked into. There's an evil corporation that's dedicated to uh, serving clients that like to see people die horribly. I swear oh. to God, that's oh god, it's like uh, what, what's the name of the movie where it was like a uh, oh god, uh, Hostel, right? Is that the same thing? It was that, or it was like the, uh, and we just rewatched it because we own it, The Hunt with uh, with Betty oh, Gilpin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, boob, big boobs, Betty Gilpin, as I like to call her. I'm a big fan. Classy. Uh, yes, yeah. very nice. But uh, yeah, this was um, this was beyond forgettable, and it was it was like PG thirteen rated. There was no oh, there was no like serious gore. There was a lot of stuff hinted about off screen. Um, yeah, or no, or it would happen on screen, but it was. I know, like in one scene two of the characters you're rooting for get melted by acid, but it's pulled back so far and mm. it's heavily and It's like heavily overshadowed in CGI that maybe they're melting and maybe they're not. You really can't tell. So yeah, a lot of it is really implied. And then it has the, the absolutely corniest, like, you know, final destination ending. So huge failure, very dumb, um, not redeemable. So it makes me think that the real great storytelling is going to be on streaming services. So, so the greatest escape was when you escaped the theater. Yes, exactly, and I and I escaped without you getting, getting burned by laser beams or melted by acid, which were two of the or electrocuted. Those were two of the two of the two of the escape room options. So, yeah, uh, usually it's the key in the book that you have to look for. That's what yes. I've learned from escape rooms. The, yes, the key in the yeah. book. Yes, yes. Oh, before we leave, Charlie, though, because I want to get your thoughts on this because I I don't know if you knew I saw this. Um, Gunpowder milkshake. Thumbs we chose down in the worst way, garbage. But anyway, we you were saying we chose. To, I chose to watch this because, like, so I'm like, Chris, what do you want to watch? Do you want to watch sixteen six six? No, it's gory. I'm like, well, what else? I'm like, well, gunpowder milkshakes on Netflix. Let's watch wow. it. Let's not it did not work out for you, I'm guessing. Oh my goodness, Charlie! I didn't even get halfway through this, and we stopped. <laughs> It was horrible. I it was an absolute. I'm looking at my laptop while it's on because it is so disengaging. Just did not care. This is like John Wick, but like it's like the direct-to-video version that doesn't even like has a different name, like James Candle, Bob, Bomb Dick, or something, right? <laughs> oh, it's it's horrible. The writing was bad. The acting was bad. The plot was dumb. Uh, it it just was I don't even know what they're doing. I looked at the like the credits of people who did this. The guy who directed this has done a couple of like independent things. The budget was thirty million dollars. The writer has like literally no credits, and I just don't know what they paid because there were some big names: Michelle Yeoh, uh, uh, God, um, uh, Lena Headley, uh, yeah, a few yeah. others. Gina, Gina, not Gershon, Gina. Uh, well, Carlo Gugino. Uh, Carlo Gugino, that's yeah, who it is. Yeah, which absolutely. Oh, yeah, and like you said, uh, Michelle Yeoh. So yeah, and uh, what's her name? Uh, it was uh, Amy uh, Amy Pond. Nebula. Nebula. Yes, yeah, Amy Pond. Yeah, Amy, yeah just. Exactly. And I don't even know why she signed up for this. Maybe she's like, maybe this will be her breakout. Maybe people like it. Maybe it's corny. But yeah, guys, avoid this like the plague. It yeah. is. I don't know how. Jared, I mean, 
Jar Jar Binks would say that it's bad bombing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, this is like a directed video. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's where we're at. So yeah, don't see gunpowder milkshake, but we got a lot of the things you should see. So there you go, Charlie. We're done with the geek easy. But we are now right. going to uh, go to a better place where the mutants are hungry for entertainment and we're going to deliver it. So let's go in the let's Thunderdome. Party! Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. And this week, it's a topic. It is the Loki series review. Spoilers ahead. We're going to talk about all of the episodes, the major plot points, uh, all of the reveals, and what we think is next for a Loki in the MCU on Disney Plus, and maybe the movies even there. Uh, we'll go with uh, basically the good, the bad. Charlie has the indifferent, so I don't know what that means. Why not? Uh, and what's I, next? It, it means it's a self-styled Huguenot. Just makes me think of Family Guy. Just throwing something in there. Huguenots. I love the Huguenots. Jason and the Huguenots. We'll just sure. we'll put a we'll put a strike through through it. So oh no, that's as clear for me. I was like, usually it's usually it's pro cons in our our score, uh, which right. is fine. Yeah, right, yeah. absolutely. I'll do what I was. I like to put a strike through. There you go. It has a strike through now. Yes. Uh, okay. So so yeah, Loki six episodes, which is the that's the kind of the new normal uh, for these Marvel shows, short but sweet, because uh, we've had two so far that were basically that were one and dones. WandaVision not coming back. Uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier turned into a movie. And then there's this, and then, th but it was not really talked about. I, I guess I assumed that this was going to be a one and done, but <clears throat> that was the big to do at the, at the, the, the stinger uh, at the end of episode six, that uh, the show will be back. But in addition to the show being back, it is now, they delivered on their promise, which early on they said, this is going to be the show that's going to change everything. And I thought that's some cheap bullshit right there. You know, that that's just something to say for everybody to be like, Ooh, but no, um, everything changes at the yeah, end exactly. of the season. It's like Grey's Anatomy every season. They say that. Yeah. Oh, there's a plane crash. And there's a, I had my wife go through with me once all the like, radical bullshit that's happened in there. Was it like a helicopter killed like several people on that show or was it, that no, uh, ER? It was a plane crash that killed like 75% of the principal cast so they could start over again. They killed off Don't they know you're not supposed to travel on the same aircraft because it's like, you know, protecting the president. You don't put like the president, the vice president, secretary of state on the, the same, same aircraft. The cast of Grey's Anatomy. Can't do it. Come on, Grey's Anatomy. What you doing? <laughs> Oh my God! All right, so let's start with the good, Todd. You, you. I want you to drive the bus because you're the Thor guy. This was the show your your most highly anticipated. Sure. So I'm going to riff off of you, so you go, and then I will. I'll, I'll bounce back off of you. Yeah. Um, the good is, even though the show had huge repercussions, it felt very small of a of a show uh, in regards of where it went, how many characters was involved. Really, it was, let's say two characters primarily with some like supporting cast but it was really two characters and their journey together um it really made me enjoy tom hiddleston where we really haven't got to do that you got to see him do some really real strong acting right. some heartfelt feelings and and it was hard because you were like well, what are they gonna do with loki that hasn't had the change that the one in the movies did well they took a different route getting there and i loved it i mean it was just the way you got with the fact that you could say, can we make a same character go through a similar growth 
but in a way we wouldn't have expected in a different path forward. And they did. They succeeded. Um, this was a show that was only six episodes long. And maybe that's for the good versus the bad. Because if you go eight, 12, you know, sometimes you get down a path. that's like that's that really deliver where you really, uh, right. you know, did you cut the fat out or did you deliver what really was the best? Um, and they had some unique moments right. that really made Tom Hiddleston get to explore different parts of his personality and his different interactions. So I really enjoy that. So I'd say my number one, I like Tom Hiddleston delivered. Yeah. Quite literally. And I would say, yeah, six has become the new barometer for me as well, because the, the mini mini series, if you think about Marvel, Marvel comics themselves is a great example because Marvel certainly since I, you know, I'm so on and off with my reading, but you know, when I was a core reader, like, oh man, they're starting a new Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man series. And yes, this is going to be great. What well, lasted for, 20 issues maybe and they're like we're starting a new miles morales series and it, it's a, so they would start them and s- stuff would run 10 issues 12 issues and it wasn't successful enough and they would kill it um so marvel seemed to shift their focus to doing these five issue limited series here's the story mm-hmm. it's it's gonna start here and there it'll probably spin off in other stuff because that's what comics do but it's just, this is it and it might be followed up by another five issues because again in this world, in a world where now I sound like one of those TV announcers. Those in a world. Things. Yes. Exa- oh, thank you. Very- That's the name of this episode. In a world. Don Cornelius, right? Write it down. That's the- No, it's not Don Cornelius. That was Soul Train. <laughs> <laughs> Don Furboso. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Secret Friends 334. In a world. Dot, dot, dot. Um, but yeah, I, I we live in a, a world, as it were. Uh, where people's, you know, the attention spans are back to nothing um, and having this, you know, all this different media coming at us, having quick bites of a story that you can enjoy uh, and then potentially anticipate, particularly with Marvel, that it's going to simply continue on. Um, that is extremely appealing because, geez, I'm watching old episodes of Star Trek Voyager right now and this is a 26 episode season and a lot of filler and a lot of duffer oh, episodes yeah. and a lot of and a lot of, and even the shows were longer back then. So it's, you know, 44 minutes, but before, you know, TNG, there were 47 minutes each. So it's like less filler, more focus, you know, the, the complete model of everything has changed. It's not advertiser driven. So you don't have to oh. have sweeps episodes where crazy things happen. You can just tell a story in six parts and it's, it's soup to nuts. And then it just, it's, it, it falls into the stream with everything outside of the MCU. So this series did that. And it certainly could have found a point to end because obviously it's moving on to touching these other, you know, touching Spider-Man far from home. What is it? No way home. What the hell is the name of the Spider-Man movie? No way home. No way home. Uh, the, you know, uh, the multiverse of madness, uh, Quadrophenia or quantum, quantum mania, the Ant-Man movie. Um, Who's Pete Townsend joins the MCU. He's yes. like teenage wasteland. I don't know, is Roger Daltrey still alive? I don't know. I don't. Yes, know. he is. I just, but for me, um, th- this really hit the um, hit the button, um, and I, I I was really excited with how they delivered that. Um, and I have a con, but I'll I'll touch it in a minute. But yes, I, I'm agreeing with you. I like it. It hit the right notes. It did get to flesh out uh, Loki as a character. Uh, in not only the Tom Hiddleston portrayal, but obviously uh, Sylvie and then, you know, the alligator Loki and Richard E. Grant and the kid and the boisterous, you know, guy with the Thor hammer. And so just 
so much going on here. And um, but yeah, fleshing out Tom Hiddleston's performance is really was really at the heart of this. And I think that they did it incredibly well. Yeah, not many characters get to do that a second time, right? You don't get to say tell their story kind of with the same destination, but in a different way, which they accomplished. Sophie was a great addition. I, I really expected, though, when this ended to really see like her be revealed as or what her new role would be. And we're kind of there. We don't know where she's going to go and what her appearance will be. Will she uh, embrace a role as the Enchantress versus just being Sylphie and doing something else? I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. We don't know. And that's where the show left us in a spot where it, to your point, opened up so many corridors to the unknown. And it's very exciting. And I can't see where it goes. I mean, just and the supporting characters were fun. They were interesting. I mean, it was really just it was the weird Lokis we got to meet and they played it weird. They had fun with it. They brought in parts of the comics. Um, you know, we got um, uh, uh, Owen Wilson just getting to be fun and just have just be quirky, but still effective. And uh, yeah, so I mean, and and, and just. I love that they got off world. They went in the future. They went to different areas. It wasn't just, hey, now we're in Iowa. <laughs> so, you know, which kind of gets old. I want to see different parts of the Marvel universe and what we can do. And um, yeah, and, and I truly didn't know what was next. I mean, we kind of all guessed what we thought was going to happen. And while we were pretty close to our guesses, it wasn't exactly as how I thought it was going to play out. And I like that, too. They, totally. they played with yeah. their expectations and they delivered something different. Um, yeah. So overall though, um, I think this is, was the most interest. Well, and it's hard to say the most interesting because WandaVision was completely different. Loki right. is completely different. Mm-hmm. The, the winner, uh, winner, uh, Falcon winter soldier felt more standard, um, MCU-ish, and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it felt like an improved version of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Felt like that's what Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. should have been. Uh, so, in a way. And then the next one we get is What If? And then after that, we're getting Hawkeye, Shield? right? Hawkeye. So, and that that's going to be interesting too, because is that going to play out more like Falcon and the World Soldier? Will it be more like the comic? Will it, which we're going to have to read that comic, Charlie, right. the Matt Fraction yeah. comic, before that series debuts. Right. The, fr- the, the fraction, the exactly. fraction. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any, like what? So just really going off the pro still, did you have any f- favorite moments? Um, God, this one was really packed with it, but, um, oh my God, I just, <laughs> I'm less prepared than I should be. Um, I, <laughs> the Loki alligator was, uh, was a great spin at like, here's our next cute character. And then it, you know, bites off president Loki's hand. So maybe not as warm and cuddly as baby Yoda, but, <laughs> Um, I, I, I liked slash didn't like the whole, you know, Nexus at the end of time thing. Um, but I can talk about that in a minute, but yeah, I enjoy, I enjoyed the alligator, the hand snap. Um, I'm trying to think back to the, God, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, I, I kind of like the, just the weird random time frames they went to, you know, going to a, the, a, the Renaissance fair, uh, being at the Roxon Walmart in Florida during the hurricane. Um, just some really dramatically weird stuff. Dramatically weird stuff is really what what made all the moments pretty great. Yeah, I loved Richard Grant. The, the costume, the classic Loki that I didn't ever thought I would see. Totally awesome. The other Lokis we saw, which were straight out of a comic book, Loki for President. Um, I, I really enjoyed 
just a lot of the elements that they had with the TVA with Miss Minutes, uh, some of the videos they used, just the aesthetic of like the handheld device, and it made it kind of look like it was monochrome, like a Game Boy color <laughs> a screen where it was a little bit different. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed those pieces that made it feel like it was its own take. And I think the, the creator of the series just really got to have their own vision of what the world looked like. So I like that. And you know what? This is the first one that I didn't feel like had a lot of Marvel. There weren't a lot of cameos in this that were MCU tied, except for Loki. So you really didn't have like, oh, here's so-and-so, or except for Sif. Sif was really the only right. crossover. So I like that it could be dependent on its own, but still have implications for a larger uh, end game. And yeah, this was, was something where, yeah, definitely six episodes and I would have liked more, but I'm glad I, leaving me wanting more was a good thing. It was, it was, it was enough. It was just enough. Yes. Not, it it yes. was not too much and not too much is that's a good thing. So yes. I definitely dig on that. So, well, I have one con and that's the only one that I can think of. And it's, it's a long con or a short con. It's kind of a, kind of a short con uh, or like a, a micro con or a passing con is that in the, the, you know, land at the end of time, this is a, a big pet peeve for me for a lot of stuff now. And I guess fear street was a good piece of it is that, April and I watch stuff often really early in the morning because we're early risers because of the pets. They're worse than children. You got to get, because the cats start scratching if they don't get their treats. And it's just, the dog's got to go out. And we're just like, all right, we're up. We're going to have our coffee. We're up. So when we watch one of these shows, when they drop, we do it. It's still dark outside. We do it with the lights off. And it becomes increasingly difficult if you try to watch it when it's not that one to see anything. Everything is so dark now. So in that episode where they're in the the land at the end of time there's all these great little easter eggs there's the avengers tower but it's got some other weird name on it and it's supposed to be a corporation owned by norman osborne and there's like this thing and that thing and i can't see any of it because it's too because the screen is too dark they're they're filming in all these damn instagram filters or whatever the hell it is and i just can't make things out so um that part of it is kind of frustrating to me um, I, I do love the Easter eggs. I just wish that it was easier for me to see them. Uh, but kudos to them for, for doing, you know, doing something funny and kind of going the extra distance. I, it's, it, again, like I said, it's a short con because in, in a way I forgive them and I still like it. At least it wasn't as bad as like Game of Thrones. That one episode was like, what the hell's going on? I cannot see anything. Yeah. Right. I just, you know, there, there's mood lighting and then there's just pitch dark. I just yeah, you got to crank up your brightness setting, Charlie. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I did with that Game of Thrones episode. Mm -hmm. Much to my yeah. extre extreme annoyance, I just did not like it at all. So I'm right with you. All right. Well, a few cons. Um, once again, my con once again goes into pacing. Um, I really liked where they were going. I didn't feel like every some episode. I, there was a couple episodes. I'm like, did they really do enough? Did they did they really push? Did they just really were they self indulgent? Uh, could have they covered more? So it felt like the episode felt more satisfying. Kind of like when they were in that uh, planet trying to get to the train and then trying to get yeah, off. Yeah, that, that, that was felt, a, uh, it was a slog. I got gotcha. you. But I mean, there was some character moments. I totally get that. So I yeah. I, I was kind of like, hmm. But then when we got to the final episode. And I just kind of felt like wanting a payoff in that final episode. We got a small payoff, 
but by no means a really like that's so satisfying. Yes, we know something is different. And we know Loki at the end, you know, like, oh, you work in accounting or you work whatever. Basically, they didn't recognize him as Loki. Um, and then you saw the statue of King uh, up here. So we know we're in a different timeline or different multiverse, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know what that means, though. And we won't know until we get to the next thing, which we don't know. What, what is the next thing? Is it Hawkeye? Right. So that's that's the that's the long short con is that you love it but you hate it because you find yourself in a position it's like the end of Endgame that you're or the end of Infinity War. It's like, but they lost because it, that's that's kind of the way this feels. It feels well, it's like timey wimey too, right? It's like yeah, exactly. so now now, which is one of my f- least favorite things is timeline stories, where it's like ultimately you get a pass to say, We can do whatever we want because we can just say, Oh, it's a separate timeline. So then it's like, does anything really matter then? Did they take away do they take away the stakes? Does oh, it matter? Man. Is it engaging? Are you telling me nothing really matters? Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Uh Scaramouche, my friend. Scaramouche. <laughs> um but yeah, so I mean we'll see what happens. Um and I know a lot of people are lauding Jonathan Majors his performance. Mm-hmm. I've got to say I was completely underwhelmed by him because I've seen him in other roles. And I know he was trying to be understated in a way, but I never felt that any King, he felt more than just kind of just not there. It's kind of like, you're just, we're going to get beyond you. He wasn't imposing. He wasn't threatening. He just felt like, I know what's going to happen. And then when he ran out of, he's like, I'm at the end and I can do this. So ultimately I'm like, this is your big bad. His end game is kind of boring. I totally get it. He's kind of the guy. He's the accountant that's keeping the ledger straight, using his Excel spreadsheets to figure out what's going on. But what's the difference between killing him and Sylphie just taking it over? Because essentially by killing him, she did take it over. Right. Right? I, I didn't understand. I'm like, it was the same end game, but for some reason killing him makes it worse versus... What does he go? Do he just, he goes back to his own timeline and retires? Or several? Yeah, exactly. Then you see the big uh, the big reveal at the end when Loki is is back in the TVA office, and what's the, the instead of the Time Masters now there's just Kang or but the one who K- the one who should not be named or whatever the hell he is he calls himself. Exactly. So I, I just understand killing him because she still is she was he going to transfer his time love to her or something i just um t- oh todd time love is now the name of the episode time love and authority it in there. time TV. Lo- I don't know. no you know what you don't have to do it because i'm taking time love and peace love and understanding time love and understanding yeah. i don't know whatever albus costello costello always said um uh yeah i mean so that part was just like oh, yeah we had to get there i just think him being king I just wanted a little more personality with Kang versus just, I don't know. I didn't think he delivered. I know a lot of people are like really excited because I think to a large extent seeing an African-American actor be like a character, you know, who's going to have a big effect on this world. I think people were so excited about that, that they over dramatized his actual performance, which I felt like was so, so. It was as such. Yeah, he it, he was he was a little slappy wappy. Uh, it wasn't very vil- villainistic. Uh, I mean, it was maybe he was going for like an under. Maybe he was going for that performance, which I get. Right. Just didn't blow my my wheels off. Wouldn't be like he gets best actor for that. 
best best actor. All right, yeah, exactly. so uh, you stuck some stuff in here that I, I think I saw the, your your little notes here. I think I saw some of these headlines. I didn't catch uh, this first one about um, Nick Fury. So where, how, where where did that get snuck in? So the whole thing with Nick Fury. This is Charlie. What they're saying though is this is like the Nick Fury event when Nick Fury comes in and saying, I'm making the Avengers. So they're right. saying this is ultimately is like that next level of what's going to happen to the MCU. It's kind of like when Nick Fury came in and said, you kind of like, oh, what could this be? This is that level of an event. So they're basically saying this branching timeline will potentially be more important than a phase five. It'll be like phase two, essentially, like the the next era of Marvel, how they get there. Because as of right now, we don't have an end game planned. We don't have an Avengers plan. Yeah, we don't have an Avengers plan. We don't know what's next and where we're going. And is it going to be versus Kang and all of these alternate timelines they come together? Uh, Is it going to be Secret Invasion? Who knows? And they're saying this, though, opens the door to everything. Maybe this is what opens the door for the Fantastic Four. This is the event that does that. Maybe it's right. the X-Men. Next. X-Men. X-Men. Yeah. So we don't know. But I mean, that's to, to an extent that, you know, we talk about what's next. And maybe when I said, I don't know what this impacts Hawkeye, maybe it impacts Hawkeye a little bit because maybe it brings in. Uh, I'm blanking on her name. Mockingbird. Oh, yeah. Well, From Agents uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because she's, or something like that. Because of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, you know, it's yeah. very downplayed, downplayed. Exactly. So. Maybe it does that, you know, and then we're going to get what if maybe some of those storylines actually play out and impact the MCU. That's could be a thing now because nothing is. And I don't know. Is what if canon? Nobody knows. Well, but again, what's canon canon? Because everything is now turning into the multiverse. So it's up for grabs. Maybe MODOK, that MODOK just shows up in <laughs> on Hulu, just shows up in. Pisses off like like a, almost like a Mister Mitzelplik. Pisses off like real Thor. That would be hilarious. A little little uh, Cartoon Network guy. Hey Thor, blah 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 blah. blah I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Dropping F bombs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't know. I mean, this is part of that whole. What could it be? I mean, and and in that sense, Charlie. I mean. Uh, this is what we wanted out of the Marvel shows. We wanted relevance, right? We wanted something right. to impact it. We didn't want a one lame cameo and that's all you got. And then you were happy with it. And then here, right. here's a, here's that, you know, dinosaur version of Deathlock that nobody liked. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. With a bad cosplay costume coming together. Yeah. I'm Deathlock. All right. What, 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 uh, and what, what else, what else we got? Yeah. So we've got one other like storyline coming out of this is basically, it says Marvel might have just answered a biggest question about Loki. Um, and at this point, um, you know, kind of talking about the, how the different timelines are playing out and, you know, we had the end game time conundrum. Uh, we had basically the Loki timeline, the MCU. Um, and ultimately we had that, you know, they said there was two events, uh, from a timeline that were kind of contradictory. We had the one timeline with Thanos in 2014, uh, where he comes forward into 2023, with the Avengers. And then we have also the timeline with cap and Peggy in the late forties yes. where basically, so I think what they're going to say is maybe this opens the door for his Evans to come back mm-hmm. Could be. and maybe play and, around and, and with then, Thanos in the future. 
And then there was that supposed um, Easter egg where in the first episode here of Loki, you saw as he's being walked through the hallway, you see someone jumping through a port or being being you know escorted through a portal that appears to be wearing clothing that is evocative of Peggy Carter, like she's yeah. being busted. Yeah. But again, that's you know that's the 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 tail wagging the dog, as it were. So. So we, we shall see with all of this, and we have, uh, you know, and it was funny because I think there was even a spoiler. There's a Spider-Man figure coming out that was part of the uh, f- No Way Home, and it looked like it was a Doctor Strange version of yes, Spider-Man. Yes, yes, that was, yeah, that was the story I shared a few days ago. So, yeah, they get ever closer to getting me kind of out of my commitment to get every spider-man figure they release for my multiverse shelf because i'm like uh but my son too many charlie too many my son loves those movies and he eggs me on so i'm gonna blame him <laughs> yeah well that is it i mean i don't know we don't have to give it a score but if i gave it a score i would say it's a seven out of ten for me i enjoyed it it wasn't the best ever but i think it delivered what it needed to do I, I, I'm right up there with you with the seven. I think that, uh, again, these shows are all bringing us uh, something different. Um, they're offering a different layer of connectivity um, between the small screen and the big screen, which did not exist during the Infinity Saga because we had the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that was really half-assed. We had the uh, you know the Inhumans, which was no-assed. Uh, and now we have the, this connectivity and, you know, in, you know COVID has, has driven that where stories are as equally as important. So now it's really incumbent upon these movies to connect with the momentum that we've gotten out of these three shows. Cause right now I think we know that black widow did not so far, um, at least in, in, you know, the opinion of what we've been talking about. So yes, I will be very interested to see the delivery, the end game. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would rank so far, we've only got three Disney plus MCU stores, WandaVision number one, Loki number two and fan, uh, Falcon, the Warner soldier three for me. I would put it somewhat backwards. You know that that the Winter Soldier thing was my jam. Uh, loved WandaVision. The wife really dug it, and then, uh, but I, you know, I would probably put Loki ahead of that too. So mm. slightly different, but anyway, teach their own. I dig it. Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, yeah, we'll we'll then uh, have to wait till August till we get the next uh, MCU uh, TV show. Uh, so wait for it until what if. Uh, comes to Disney Plus. We'll be excited for that one. It's about a month away. What if, no if. And with that, that is the end of the program. So I am going to thank you as always for joining us. Friends, we always have a good time. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. It's going to be Kang. And it was podcast you just listened to is part of the secret friends podcasting network uh find us over at secretfriendsunite.com for our four awesome shows co-op mode code 47 the holocron chronicles and secret friends unite please rate and subscribe to us uh, on itunes and also over on our youtube channel find us over on twitter at secret friends you and find our merch store over at t public uh 